0: Alex Carell is one of over 70,000 Google Career Certificate graduates.
1: The Google Career Certificate program completely changed the trajectory of my life. I've always been interested in computers, but I never thought I could turn this into a career. Anytime I got a little break, i just pop open the course on my phone. That allowed me to have that path into a career that I'm
0: passionate about. Train online for in-demand jobs in IT, UX design, data analytics, project management, and more. Visit grow.google/slash-certificates. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup Playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it, starting May 5th on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup Playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your sweater. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning May 5th on TNT and TBS. Good morning, Honey Hole Hangout. I had to make it softer because we're actually indoors. Had to use indoor voice. Yeah, yeah, it, it's inside voice. Inside voices. That
1: beeping sound is driving everyone crazy. Driving I don't know crazy. if it truly
0: comes through. I think I think Evan tries to help clear it out, but uh, it doesn't always work because it's so like steady, constant, just beep. Beep, Mm
1: -hmm. beep. Yeah, probably a couple episodes we recorded with the beeping and it got real annoying and
0: we were afraid that it would just come across the whole episode. We don't know if it... I've never noticed it when I'm going back to listen. Okay. But it is distracting like in the moment. What is that beep from? It is a sprinkler closet, like a water closet. Right by your garage. Right by the garage. right
1: where we record.
0: Correct. And I've submitted maintenance request after maintenance request to get it fixed and it just keeps on going right. uh no i submitted one was that last week that we were all talking about that in the group chat probably Yeah, I no i submitted one that day and i came home and it wasn't beeping so i was like great they finally fixed it and then about two days later it started, it started again beeping
1: again. and i pulled up the first thing i heard was a beeping i was like oh, how are we going to record with the beeping going on yeah i don't i don't know. Well, guys, welcome to Honey Hole Hangout, where we talk about hunting, fishing, outdoors, camping, hiking, whatever we're up to, trying new things. Uh, Tonight, it is me and Cliff recording. We have uh, Zach's out on uh, vacation. It seems like he's, I didn't know he was doing such a baseball tour.
0: Either did I. I thought he was just going to Tennessee and going to fish, hang out with his dad and whatnot. No, he's been in New York for, like, three days now.
1: I know. And he's been to, like, a couple baseball stadiums.
0: He's been to the Mets, Mets City Field, and yeah. he's been to Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And the Statue of Liberty.
1: Yeah. And he went to, uh, man, a couple other places. So we'll have to check in with him when he gets back. Looks like he's having a good trip. Yeah. sounds Looks and sounds like he's having fun. So
0: I, I would like to go to see Historic Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. I don't care about the Mets all that much, but I don't know. I had a bunch of friends who uh, were big Yankees fans in college, Mm -hmm. so I kind of piddled with them a little bit. Yeah. So I'd just like to go, and it's just such a historic field. Yeah, no, for sure. So me and Cliff are going to be talking to you guys tonight. Uh, I think we
1: have an interesting conversation to be had real quick before uh, we get into it, a couple – housekeeping things um we uh at this point are with waypoint and so um we're happy about that and hopefully going to get one of those guys on the podcast soon um if you guys we have Instagram, Facebook, YouTube if you guys want to check us out there and I have some work and currently editing some Smith River videos on the YouTube and yeah go to our website Ian's written some blogs we we posted a new one today. Today. Um so we got some great stuff coming out there. Uh anyway, let's get right into it. Uh You know what I saw today that I thought was sweet?
0: A uh, lifted El Camino?
1: No, I saw Cuz that would be pretty sweet. Some videos on the Ford Lightning? Oh yeah. Do you know what that is?
0: Uh-huh. Mhm.
1: The new uh electric electric F150. F150. Yeah. It is sweet. I
0: don't know. I can't get behind it yet. You can't get behind the idea of electric, or you can't get behind. I can't get behind the idea of an electric truck.
1: Statistically, it's better in like every category. As far as like, you know, like pulling power, torque, it's faster. It's the fastest F 150 they've ever made. It's got more. Even over the Raptor? Even over the Raptor.
0: That's quick. How much is it?
1: So, base model under 40. And then the upgraded battery under fifty, so price point is very affordable. Uh, yeah, when you look at you can get an F one fifty, you know Lariat or King Ranch or whatever for 70, 80 thousand easy. When you take that into account, you look at an F one fifty. I will
0: say after. Never mind. I won't say anything.
1: Um. Also, they have what's called
0: a frunk on the truck. Yeah, it's the front the truck frunk. area where the engine bay would be. Yeah. I've seen I've seen the, uh, I want to say concept, like the pictures and stuff of it, mm-hmm. but I know it's not a concept now. There's like actually truck models out, and I yeah. saw a
1: video of someone like going over everything. Dude, the frunk has, you can make it into a cooler. And there's a drain plug in it. So, like, the whole front can be a cooler. That's pretty good. Dude, everything about it is amazing. The only thing, like, the only drawback I have is, like, the electric part. And it's not even the electric part. It's, like, if I want to go somewhere, how much of an effort is it going to be to recharge it?
0: Right, which is my kind of where I was going. If you are using your truck for hunting, as I would say Mm -hmm. I tend to do, down at the ranch... There's not like ample electricity and stuff to run it off of or anything like that. Or if you're going across country, as I tend to do, like driving to Georgia, Mm -hmm. how long is this battery going to last? So I don't think that the technology, the infrastructure is there yet. So the the way I understand it, Ford
1: advertises 300 miles with a larger battery version. With that being said... So let's be honest. That's with wait, the- wait, 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 wait. Let me finish first. With that being said, Ford is taking into account that people are using the truck for towing and carrying heavy loads. And realistically, if you're just using it as a daily driver, there are people are saying 450 plus miles out of a full charge. That's a significant difference over 300. They're advertising like people are using it as a truck. So we're going to take... You know, if you're pulling a trailer, if you're doing this, we're going to take all this into consideration so we can get a baseline 300 miles. And you can feel safe with 300 miles. If you're using it as a daily driver, most of the time, you know, you'll probably get the 450 and then occasionally pulling a trailer, pulling a boat or whatever, get 300. The other thing about the infrastructure is my understanding with the electric vehicles, if you're driving anywhere on a highway, that you can recharge and never have to worry about running out of fuel.
0: I don't think that's true. Fuel. I don't think that's true.
1: You don't think that's true?
0: I've driven down I-10, and there's been going to Georgia and Florida and stuff, and I've not seen recharge station. Now, granted, I've not been on the lookout for them. Dude, there's a recharge station in Junction. And that's
1: like, for me, if I'm driving home, the mid midpoint way is Junction. Yeah. I don't know. I that's it, the that's the only hiccup because realistically realistically the truck like everything about it is cooler than a general Ford F one fifty, except for the fact that you have to worry about recharging it. You can even I do charge like your house the on the front. You can even char like run your house. They're saying for up to three days if you lose power, off the truck. So if the the battery, if your truck is fully charged and you lose power and you need to run off your house, you can use the truck as a generator to run your house for up to three days. And the guy that said that on the video I watched, he said in probably up to 10 days, if all you do is keep a refrigerator full of beer and play video games.
0: I don't know. I think I would still, at this moment, prefer... A diesel or gasoline engine. Mm -hmm. Preferably diesel. But I think, I don't know. I just don't think that it's there yet. I don't think that it's there yet. It's going to take me a while to lose those reservations. I think the vehicles
1: are there. I think where the hang-up is for me and a lot of people, the infrastructure of recharging. Yes. is, Is
0: where my confidence dwindles. That is a big concern, but then how long, even if there was a charging station every 100 miles or so, say that, how long does it take to recharge the battery? If you're on a road trip, you're not going to want to stop every four hours to charge for three hours. So my understanding
1: is that if you're at a 15% charge, to get it to an 85% charge, it takes 20 to 25 minutes. The last 15% is where you get that extended amount of time for a recharge. And if you if you, if you So you jumps about, from
0: 20 minutes to 3 hours correct. in a matter of 20% correct. of the battery? And that's
1: most batteries too, even on your phone. The last 15% takes the longest to charge. To top the battery off is... The longest charging rate. So if, you know, and granted, if you have to wait three hours to fully charge your car, that's more of a like uh, parking at my garage and plugging it in. But it seems like, and I think it's the same thing with Teslas too, you know, you can charge up most of the battery fairly quickly, 20, 25 minutes, let's even say 30 minutes. But yeah. then the last portion of the battery charge. What happens zone. if
0: they change the plug like Apple does every five years? <laughs> you got to buy a new car? Yeah, that's right. No. No. Now, I will not be in the market for a new truck for a while now. Why is that, Cliff? I just have my reasons. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um,
1: so, I I think it's interesting. I think it's sweet in the front area of the trunk for storage and all the... Yeah, I, I think it's cool. I, I think just think my, ha- I think
0: my hang up is, like I said, the infrastructure around. I would like to. I would honestly like to see off road capabilities, towing capabilities coming from it. And I would like to see how long the battery actually lasts. 10,000
1: towing capacity. I know that. I don't know how many years the battery lasts. 10,000 pounds towing capacity. That's not bad. That's. Pretty straightforward for. uh, I mean, they're making an F 150. It's not an F 250. So you're going to expect not like it's
0: the super duty hauling, but uh, more torque, faster. What's it compared to a diesel engine, torque wise? I I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
1: But diesels are powered for that. Right. So I would be curious to see uh, on like a but you're going to run into like an F-250 if you're trying to compare it to a diesel.
0: Not necessarily. Do they have diesel F-150s? Uh, you know, I don't know because I couldn't find... Don't they have a full-size uh, uh GMC-like equivalent that's a diesel? Yes, they do.
1: As <laughs> a matter of fact. <laughs> do you know what the towing capacity is for that vehicle? 11.8. 11, 11, 11.8, okay. All right.
0: At about... 25 miles per gallon. <laughs> um.
1: Another thing I watched, I, me and McKenna binge-watched over the weekend, was Alone Season 7. You're still watching that? A new uh, new season just dropped. That was like episode like four for us, maybe, where we talked about
0: Alone. It is, but I don't know. After our episode on it, I pretty much stopped watching it.
1: Well, because that was Season 6 when we talked about they released Season
0: 7. And it was way more entertaining than season it? six. Yep. I just when I went back to try and watch the earlier seasons, I couldn't do it. They're not as exciting, especially when
1: they're on Vancouver Island and stuff. Yeah. I don't think it's as exciting. I think the Arctic is way more exciting. This season, what they did was um, 100 days for a million dollars. Let me fill in our listeners, because probably a lot of people, uh, we've probably added some listeners since season four.
0: Episode four, you mean?
1: Uh, episode 4. Uh, the Force Awakens. We, uh, Alone is a TV show. I know that they posted to Netflix. I think only one season on Netflix, but people have to go out and survive in an area for as long as they can. And traditionally, it's been Last Man Standing wins the pot of money, which has been half a million dollars. Um, no one has ever made it 100 days. And so this last season, they said... You're not competing against each other. You're competing against yourself. You make it 100 days, you get a million dollars. So it's open to as many people that make it to 100 days can win the money. Um, Ten people compete. This last season was in the Arctic. Um, They get dropped off in the fall, and they get a couple weeks of like fall temps in the the Arctic before winter sets in. They get to take ten items with them from a list – um, that will help them survive. These would include like knives, axe, rope, uh, gill net, fishing equipment, uh, bow, but it has to be a traditional bow. Um, fishing equipment can't be a pole. It's more like hooks and line, um, trapping wire, sleeping bag, those types of things. So they get, get to take 10 items from this list and then they just try to survive. And uh, season... Seven was awesome. One guy did make it. So there's a little teaser. I don't want to give away too much in case you guys want to watch it, but uh, someone did make it 100 days. Um, A muskox was killed. It was sweet. Um, A guy's, um, not cabin, shelter that he built got surrounded by a pack of wolves. Which was sweet. Um, lots of cool stuff happened. Like the wild, the way more wildlife encounters than I've ever seen in any previous season. Um,
0: I might watch it. I'm not going to say I'm not, but I'm not going to say I am.
1: Yeah. That's good. You should, go, you should go watch it. It's a good show.
0: Got too much going on. Too much going on? What you got going on? Life, man.
1: New toys, huh? You could say that. Um, let's see if we got any questions. Uh, worst high school job story.
0: Ooh. So, are you going to answer too? Yeah, yeah, I'll let you go first. I'm going to think about it for a second. So, I, uh, actually worked at Chick-fil-A in high school. (laughs) Did you? I did. Did you say my pleasure? I did. And it actually took a while to stop saying it all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. I still slip up and say it occasionally now. What's the inside secret of Chick-fil-A? Like, what's something that people don't know that they should know? Nothing. It's pretty WYSIWYG. Mm -hmm. Meaning, what you see is what you get. Um, It's not all nice and pretty in the back as it is on the front side of things, but no restaurant is. And Mm you kind of expect it. It's way more utilitarian back there. But I was a a Chick-fil-A kid growing up. Um... Not like the uh, foster style that they have. Um, But that I was worked there in high school. I attended Camp One Shape and everything in Georgia up on Berry College's campus uh, all through late middle school to probably about 11th or so grade was my last year Mm -hmm. there. So, I did a lot with Camp Winshape. I've been to the home office in Atlanta, Hateville area. I've been inside of Truett Cathy's office. I've met Truett before he passed. Uh, His grandson, Seth, and um, I forgot the younger one and the older one's name. Uh, I knew them from Camp Windshape and everything. Mm -hmm. I had met Dan. So, this all sounds positive. The question no, was, what's your worst high school am That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> so, I was working at Chick-fil-A, and at the time, I was 15 years old. And so, there wasn't much I could do. They won't let you be, like, a cook or anything, like, on the grill until you're a little bit older and whatnot. So, there wasn't much I could do. So, I was always on the floor, or I was... Uh, unloading trucks and all this other stuff, and occasionally I would be the cow. You were the cow? Yes. One day, I was unloading truck, so got there early, unload truck, so you're going from a freezer truck, hot July summer, to a freezer, back and forth, so it's constant temperature changing, so that already makes you kind of like woozy. And then I was, once the truck was done, I was told, go be the cow. So, I loaded up, and you actually get, like, an ice vest uh, to put on. Wait, wait. There's an ice vest? You get to, like, keep you cool? Yes. And there's supposed to be a fan inside the helmet, the head, but there wasn't on this one. Mm. So, I had the ice vest on. I had my cow suit on. I had the head on. Fan's not working. And... I go to the side of highway, is that 61? On the side of the highway and uh, doing the whole cow thing, waving, da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da. And it's hot. Like it is July in Georgia, which means it's hot and it's humid. Mm -hmm. The humidity in Texas doesn't have anything. I mean, Houston probably does. But, like, San Antonio's humidity is definitely not the same as, like, Georgia-level humidity. Mm -hmm. And so, you just feel it. The ice vest had already, like, melted off and everything. So, it wasn't really working. And eventually, I start kind of just getting, like, a little woozy and whatnot. So, they bring me in. I'm doing that. I do some, like, cleaning and whatnot. And I just start feeling, like, nauseous. Like, the smell of everything going on in the back was just getting me so like garbage that people had thrown like old chicken in and all this other stuff smells going off everywhere getting woozy and then uh they asked me to make the lemonade so i pull out all of my stuff to do the lemonade and i'm throwing away the bad lemons squeezing the good lemons da 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 and eventually all this Everything hits me. I've already been woozy, nauseous, and everything, and I just turn around, and my manager standing like, probably about as far from me and you right mm-hmm. now, and I just go, oh, in the back, and so they let me go home. But that was probably my worst experience working. Uh... I have a bunch of weird work like history. From like high school and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
1: So when I was in high school, I worked at a church camp near uh, where I live called Camp Butman. It's a Methodist church camp, mm-hmm. and I grew up going to this. I grew up going to camp as a kid uh, there, and I worked there and I got a job in the kitchen. I've been trying to think of like crazy stories if anything happened. One thing that comes to mind. Man, we, we had a lot of fun at work when I worked there. Like, the guys I worked with were really... The people I worked with Aww. were really fun to work with. Um, it's not the funnest job. I mean, we're cooking and cleaning and, you know, feeding camp kids and all that kind of stuff. But I got into a car accident with my boss. We were going to play golf. Like, a uh, crew of us was going to play golf um, after a shift one time. And I got into a car accident. It was kind of a crazy scenario and... Hard to explain, uh, and hard to explain over the podcast. It was just like a weird incident that could have totally been avoided by me and the other driver, but there was stupidity on both sides, and two two wrongs don't make sense. So right. you were driving? I was driving. It was my vehicle. I was with my boss. Um, I thought he was driving. No, no, no. I was with my boss. It was around this curve... And the curve, I was supposed to yield, the curve turned into a straight road. I was supposed to yield to traffic around the curve. The sign was kind of turned, and so I didn't think that it necessarily applied to me going around. But I should have realized that the curve coming into the road should have been the one to yield. So I make the curve, and there's another vehicle driving, like, straight at me. The weird thing about the story is that the person driving straight towards me was driving in the lane that I was supposed to be in. And so, like, I had already made the turn and I had already been driving on a straight road. And then I realized that car is in my lane. And so I, um, like, swerved my wheel to miss and then got in a
0: car accident. So, what did uh, the police report say? Who was at fault?
1: I think I was actually,
0: if I remember
1: correctly, I was ticketed. But when it came to insurance, I think the other carrier accepted liability because the weird thing about the scenario was the girl that was driving the other car said that she knew that I was not going to yield at the yield sign, so she tried to speed up to beat me there. She wanted to pass by before I went through, as opposed to like stowing down and stopping. And the accident occurred – after I had already merged and was in my lane, so if she wasn't driving in my lane. So you got a ticket for failure to yield. T- to yield. She, I don't think she was ticketed, but her insurance ended up covering. She should
0: have been ticketed for failure to maintain lane. Yeah, I've got like that, that before. I don't know. I don't know. On an accident. Uh, I was in two
1: other accidents in high school that were my fault, though. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> now I'm like a pretty, pretty safe driver. Yeah, I learned my lesson.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. knock on wood. Knock on
1: wood. <laughs> and now in my new job. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but the story's not over. So. Uh, anyway, we get out. The girl ended up in the ditch. I was on the road. <clears throat> Whatever. Did and, you get her number? No. no so she was uh she had called her dad to come out and uh her dad came out like fists ready to like throw a fight and i was like young and my boss was with with me uh and my boss kind of had like step in between the guy because he was so fired up about the car accident he's like he was mad because his daughter was pregnant and I risked her life and his grandbaby's life. And so he was like ready to punch me. The officer actually set me in the front seat of the car. Like when he got there, he's like, why don't you come sit in the car?
0: And like we talked in the car because this guy was so fired up and I think he was like... But his daughter was just as at fault. It honestly sounds like to me because A, she's not in the right lane. Mm -hmm. I think both should have been ticketed. It's the weirdest
1: like car accident story yeah i think but this was a work-related so this was so it's work-related because i was with my boss and then some other co-workers were in a vehicle in front of us so what did your boss say about this oh no he was fine it was it was no problem he didn't let you drive the trucks no more (laughs) (laughs) no it was my personal vehicle um um my parents weren't happy but i wouldn't be either after I had yeah. already been in like one or two accidents before that. I think that was my third. And the other two were my fault. So I've had, I don't know if they were
0: like, oh, it's par for the course. Landon's going to wreck a vehicle or. I've only had one accident that was truly my fault. Knock on wood again. Let um, me stop
1: you real quick to, fin- to continue the story. So anyway, that happened months go by. And then I am, like, serving, like, camp food is, like, a line, like a cafeteria.
0: Her son came through.
1: (laughs) No, the dad came through on, like, a men's retreat. And uh, we, like, locked eyes. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. And he was like, and then he, he... he like looked at me and then he was like i could tell he's getting angry but he just like stormed off and didn't say anything and then i got my boss he was like in his office working i was like hey remember the guy that you had to hold back from beating the crap out of me uh well he's here on a men's retreat if you want to see him and everyone was like oh how old were you oh gosh this was like later like closer i was probably a junior and i worked there all pretty much all four years of high school say you're about 20 (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's about twenty. Yeah, yeah, I was about twenty, twenty-one. Yeah. Um. So, I, I've had an extremely awkward job that I don't think you know about. What? What was that? I was actually a salesperson at Bath and Body Works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being dead serious. No. I was home from college uh, over winter break, and I was offered a job. I was in there with my mom, and they offered me a job for, like, winter break. Why did they offer you a job? I don't know. Thought it smelled good, I guess. I have no clue, but they said that they wanted more men working there, so they... Offered me a job and I gladly accepted it because I wasn't doing anything and I was like, "Hey, Christmas presents." And what was
1: the employee discount? I don't remember. Did they pay you well? What? Who pays better, Bath and Body Works or Chick Fil A? Uh,
0: they were both minimum wage. Mm-hmm. The benefits at Chick Fil A were better. Free foods better than discounted smell good products. Aww. Shoot! Now you use scent killer. You don't even use any scented products. I know. Gone a long way, <laughs> uh but it was extremely awkward because like they actually wanted you to do like sampling on like customers, which means that you you're like rubbing lotion on their hand. Yes, <laughs> and I was like, I would always get in trouble for not doing it. And then finally I was like, look, I'm not doing it. I don't know these people. I'm a guy that's weird. They're gonna think it's weird. I'm not doing it. and then they fired you pretty much. <laughs> Uh, I got stopped being put on schedule yeah and then i and then I went home or back to school so yeah that's hilarious, yeah that was my most awkward job that I've ever had
1: and then the next question is uh worst fly shop
0: customer uh, i don't I, I don't know if we can go into this. No, I don't
1: wanna I don't wanna like I'm not about to name drop anybody. I think there's a type of person that I did not enjoy working with. Person you didn't enjoy working
0: with? No or like a customer like helping. Oh. Yeah, not I'm not I talking was about, about to say like, no, let's let's name drop at the at the Orvis store who we hated working no, with. No, 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 no. Yeah,
1: when you worked there, Cliff, that was like not fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um no I didn't like the know-it-all customers who came in and always like purposely, I didn't mind getting questions asked. But then when they ask a question, you give your answer and then they say, well, what about this? Or I would have done it it this this way. way.
1: It's like, why? Yeah, I would agree. That's what I was going to say. Know it all. I would, why would, or why that? Why would you do it this way and like question what you're doing? I'm like, dude, if you didn't want my answer, why did you ask me? If you're just going to criticize. And the thing is, is like fly fishing is so complex and there's a hundred ways to catch a bass. Yeah. There's a hundred ways to catch a bass. So my way of catching a bass and your way of catching a bass are different. That's fine. But to be like, to have that attitude was annoying to work with. And I just, like, would not want to, like, no. help those people. It's like, you come to me for a question, I give my answer. You, then you tell me I'm wrong, and then you want me to continue the conversation. I'm I'm here to help not be... Belittled, belittled and berated.
0: And um, I also didn't like the person who would come in and complain about the prices all the time. And it's like, you've been here... You know it's expensive and you know I have no control over that. Mm-hmm. So why are you complaining to me about it? The prices are uh no nah, I would Not as
1: annoying as the as the know it all type of person, but definitely uh yeah. We there was always like um another annoying one is like always asking where something's made. Like uh like, constantly, like, oh, oh yeah. like, is it China? It's like, I'll buy from Indonesia, but I won't buy from China, or I'll buy from China. Like, there were people that would be like, I'll buy from Indonesia, but not China, and vice versa. I'm like, it, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It, it, it It's fine. And so, like, having to, like, dig up where every individual... Pro- oh, where's this pair of socks made? Oh, where's this belt made? Like, having to, like, dig up, which the information is available, but it's not always, like, easily available.
0: Yeah. So... I mean, I get it. Like, I like to know where things are made for sure, but it's not, well, it was made in this one country but not this other, so I'm not going to do it. My concern is, was it made in America? Then it gets points.
1: Well, and the other thing to keep in mind, going back to your price point issue, is things that are made in America are more expensive. Exactly. And so... um. And a lot of Orvis products are made in America. Not all of them are, but um, a lot of Orvis products are made in America. And so, going back to your whole yeah, price like the point Recon, thing,
0: Recon leveling up are made in America. Yeah, and then the Clear Waters. Some of the were,
1: reels are made in America, and then clothing products randomly, like yeah, random other products would be. So yeah, I mean, with, with that, that being said, it's kind of a fun question to poke around with. Uh, with that being said 99.9 percent of the people I interacted with were fantastic it'd just be the occasional one fresh yeah you'd person.
0: always get a a pain in the a every once in a while mm-hmm. but it wasn't just a customer. It wasn't bad but I liked working there um it was a lot of fun I think we had a I think it was during the heyday kind of of Orvis San Antonio as far as like having a steady group of guys who were always there. Mm-hmm. and it Well, was, that was pre-COVID. Right. The yeah. heyday was pre-COVID because we had fly tying nights
1: every week and a lot of people would come. Uh-huh. A lot of people who's been on this podcast. A, teaching a lot. And that's how a lot of us met mm-hmm. is hanging out at fly tying nights and doing all kinds of stuff. So, but... My time there was great and I loved helping people and teaching people and shoot ran hundreds of people through fly fishing classes. Yeah, uh,
0: and I think that there's a type of person that I don't like teaching to and is the kid who was forced to go who didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. But I would have to say that working at Orvis was probably one of my favorite jobs. Rank Chick-fil-A, Orvis. Bath and Body Works. You're going to throw the coffee shop in there too?
1: Oh yeah, I forgot you were a barista too. Yeah. I forgot about that. okay, so you've been a barista. All right, so you want me to go through the list? No, no, just the fun ones. You have been a barista. Yes. You have, (laughs) I can't even say it, worked at Bath and Body Works. Yes. You have been a Chick-fil-A employee who was the cow. Yes. (laughs) And you have worked... At a fly shop. Yes. Any other, like, fun or interesting
0: jobs that you've worked? Student researcher for a professor. Okay. Um, That's, yeah. I worked in the accounting department, kind of. I did a bunch of bookkeeping for a demolition company. hmm And that was kind of my step into the construction realm. hmm I guess this is more deconstruction, but. Tomato tomato. I've worked front desks at insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And then as a file clerk with a national builder, and then as a national purchasing services agent with a See, you're
1: you're you started off like very interesting jobs and the more you talk, the less interesting your jobs sound. <laughs> Yeah. I started off as a cow at Chick-fil-A. Then I rubbed lotion on people at Bath and Body Works. <laughs> then I made coffee. Then I made coffee for people.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, you eventually grow up. Yeah. Those other jobs don't pay the bills as much. <laughs> All right. You ready to- uh, I would have to say barista, though. Number one job. As far as fun, loved it. Really? Yes. I highly suggest anyone who's college age, high school age, who's looking to enter the job market and likes coffee and willing to learn coffee, go get a job at a local coffee shop. Were you at a local coffee shop or were you at a Starbucks? No, I was at a local coffee shop. I actually had to like grind the coffee myself, tamp it down, put it in the espresso machine, pull it, do everything... I could actually make hearts and rosettas and stuff with the foam. Dang. Yeah. And you don't do that for us on our
1: hunting trips. No. I'm disappointed. No. You have a skill set. You're not even applying it. I
0: haven't even practiced any of that in <laughs> years now. All right. Let's do our articles. Uh, you ready to You ready to roll? Yeah, I can be. Uh, Let me go first because I want to put in a, a lip treat okay. here in a minute. Let's see. You're doing On Patrol this week? Yes. <coughs> All right. So as y'all have been listening, I've been doing a series of Game Warden stories. Um, and the next one is about uh, two Mexico, New Mexico boys coming over to Texas to hunt. So after finishing a youth hunt in Howard County... A game warden received a call from an abandoned vehicle in New Mexico with New Mexico tags uh, near a gut pile in Borden County. When the the warden arrived to the scene, he found a fresh gut pile about 10 feet behind an abandoned truck. He also saw fresh blood blood and deer hair in the bed of the truck. After some observation, the warden found an old package in the bed of the truck that did not match the name that was on the truck's registra- registered owner. The warden contacted an Eddy County Sheriff's Office in New Mexico, where the truck was registered, and requested they contact the truck's owner. The sheriff's office reported back that the owner's son, whose name was matched the name on the package, was driving the truck. The truck's owners advised that advised the their son-in-law was most likely hunt in a hunting camp. Somewhere in Texas, a and County game warden provided the warden with locations of several nearby hunting camps known to be used by New Mexico res- residents. In the second te- camp, the warden searched. He found a very tired and very drunk son-in-law. Uh, after a brief interview, the warden discovered the son-in-law and a friend had illegally taken four deer, including two bucks, on from a public road. Uh, they were, like, shooting them off the public road? yes. Ooh. And it's still pending the case as when that article was written. Did they confiscate still... <laughs> any gear? Or like talk about that. See, about? that's something that I don't like about reading these. Is that I don't. It seems like all of them are pending and stuff, and it doesn't say if they've confiscated anything. Can you find any that are like completed and punishment handed down? Well, I'm. I've got my series right now. I can okay. work on that.
1: Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Um. I. I would have. I don't know what I would have done. I don't know all the situations around it, but I think shooting from, I'm pres- I'm assuming shooting from a motorized vehicle, if it's mm-hmm. from a public roadway, uh, A, you're shooting across a pro- public roadway, which is a big no-no. Mm-hmm. No matter where you're at, like you can be on public, private land, whatever. You can't shoot across a, a roadway. Um They probably should have at least had that rifle or whatever they used confiscated. Mm -hmm. I don't think necessarily confiscating the truck does anything there because I don't know. I don't know all the situations surrounding the story. I wasn't the game warden on.
1: Yeah. And I am this week going to do the neat things. I like bouncing around and now that neat things need to be filled occasionally, I like bouncing around and doing conservation. And,
0: uh, Let me call Ian up real quick and get him to do one. Yeah.
1: <coughs> I got two short ones. Uh, this one is parrots putting time out for cursing. I think I've heard this story. Five African gray parrots... Recently had to be separated for encouraging each other to swear at patrons (laughs) at the uh, Lincoln Shire Wildlife Center in the UK. We are quite used to parrot swearing, but we've never had five at the same time. And for some reason, these five relish it. Steve Nichols, the zoo's chief, told the AP... People were mainly entertained by the potty mouth parrots. When a parrot tells you to f off, it amuses (laughs) people. (laughs) It amuses people very highly. It's brought a big smile to a really hard year, he said. But for the sake of children, the sake of the children, the zoo decided it was best to put the birds in separate enclosures until they can behave. Fun fact: Former U.S. President Andrew Jackson kept an obscene parrot as a pet.
0: I don't think a parrot can be obscene. I think a parrot's taught curse words. Mm -hmm. But the parrot itself's not obscene. I think it's funny. I would have been one of the Patreons, like, (laughs) encouraging it, probably. (laughs) It would have been funny. Especially depending (laughs) on what it says. And I just imagine them, like, agging each other on. Oh,
1: I'm sure. I'm sure if they're all saying it, they're all getting after it. And they're probably. Drawing like a big response from crowds, too, and which is birds, like encouraging. The birds it.
0: don't know any better. They don't know what those words mean.
1: No, they don't know, what the, but they are garnishing a reaction from people. Right. And they're probably learning what that reaction is if they say that, which is, you know, entertaining to the birds. Um, and the second quick one I have is Mirror, Mirror on the Wall Who's the Fattest Bear of All? I'm not going to read this one. We need the poo. But basically, There's a a conservation group that allows the public to vote on, like, bears in the certain area that they keep track of on who's going to gain the most weight pre-hibernation. And it's, like, this big deal. Ooh. So they, like, they, they, like... uh,
0: That would be great
1: betting. Yeah. No, seriously. And so I guess they have, like, a name and a description for all the bears. And then, like, people can go in and read, read about the bears, and then they can... Uh, they can vote on who they think is going to be the biggest. Let me see if it said. It said. Uh, Does it give
0: the the website's name?
1: The award went to Bear Seven Four Seven. The brown bear weighs at least fourteen hundred pounds. This was real short. It didn't go into like how much it 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 how much weight it gained, but that's the bear that ended up winning this year.
0: See, I think it has to be. You could even make different buckets on this. Like, biggest bear overall. Biggest weight gain overall. Mm-hmm. Least amount. There's a lot of buckets you can play on this. So, Did it say a website?
1: Uh, there What's is the a ve- website. It's a screenshot. Let me see. I took a screenshot of it. Um, it's called Fat Bear Week, hosted every year by the Oh, so it's only for a week period. Yes. I think... Are they... Oh, and it, it requires a donation to charity. So they use it to raise money for Well, that's charity. if you went
0: through them. Um, but if you can get all the information outside of them, you can gamble on it with your friends <laughs> or... I wonder what the Vegas spread yeah, we, is like. We,
1: <laughs> we could uh throw a pot together. I think we a should A honey hole angling pot. I
0: think we should.
1: Yeah, we need to look into it. We'll 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 note this down and, and check into it. Hey, and we could even make it a thing for charity. The uh winning person gets to pick what charity all the money is donated to. Well, once we start making money, then we can donate to charity. <laughs> <laughs> um Right now we're all in the hole. All right. So, this episode is
0: brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place. And only with the sound of your voice with the Contour Voice Remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it
1: comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. From now through June on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through the pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your jersey. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now on TNT and TBS. On to our main topic, which is something that has garnered a lot of attention recently. That I've noticed that I didn't really actually know that much about. So I first saw this real quick before you say uh, what it. Before you go into it, let me explain what it is. Um, SpaceX, Elon Musk, one of Elon Musk's companies, um, has a South Texas launch site. Uh, uh, at Boca Chica, um, recently this has garnished a lot of attention because they're sal- currently building the launch site. And just to give people perspective, where this is, it is south of. It's on. It's south part south of South Padre, Padre but Island, but
0: north of Brownsville. It, yeah, next to some. The reason why, in my understanding, that it's gotten so much attention is because it's right next to some public accessible water and lands that we have a right to use, but with this, it could obscure that a little bit more. Now, I don't know too much about this. I first saw this article or something about it, I believe, what's today, Tuesday? Probably Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I don't know too much about it, but I, the, the on the cuff, my only true concern. I think there's two causes of concern. Well, here let me let okay. me say this:
1: its location is uh, it borders a state park, a wildlife refuge, a wildlife management area, and a public beach. So those are the things in the vicinity of the launch site. Um, I'll let you continue just to, like, set up what so is going on. So my
0: concerns is, A, I think that they need to pull the data on how these launch sites affect the ecosystem around. And there has to be a ton of data.
1: So, actually, I came prepared. I did my research pretty well.
0: Because they have – they could look at the NASA launch site in Florida – they can look at the SpaceX launch site in Florida and see how it's interacting with the ecosystem after the fact. And I think we should take that into consideration.
1: So there is an uh, economic impact study for the South Texas launch site. I have it here. It's 109 pages, but there are some highlights that I will maybe get into a little bit. No, 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 I'm not reading it. (laughs) I'm not reading it. Um, One thing in one of the articles I pulled from NPR um, was that... I saw Uh,
0: where it was a $51 million, like, economic impact on, like, they would hire about 500 employees, and it would generate about $51 million in annual salaries, mm -hmm. which is nothing to snub your nose at. That's pretty good numbers, and that's good quality jobs, which down there probably kind of needs them. It's not like it's a hub.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One thing they did mention in one of these articles and bringing back back to your point of, you know, seeing how the one in Florida um, does with, you know, uh, ecological impact. It seems like from the article that some conservation groups in Florida – um, have been pleased with how NASA has worked with them. And that one, how long has that one been there? The one in Florida?
0: since the 60s? Yeah. Um, I think I think that's a cause for concern. I think that um, and I, I think that there's probably a ton of data there. I think the ecosystems between this part of Texas and Florida, as far as marine life species, are going to be very similar. As far as mangroves, going to be very similar, and how it affects it. I wonder why they put these in coastal areas. I'm wondering if the water...
1: So, the reason that they're on coastal areas is they want as much... So, when the shuttle takes off, uh, its trajectory, um, they want as much water... Over the flight path as possible. And I don't fully know the science on this, but um, the reason they're putting them on, like, eastern coastlines has to do with the rotation of the Earth and being able to, like...
0: Yeah, because it's rotating westwardly. Yeah. And so it...
1: It helps their launch. With that being said, also, it's over... When it launches, it's over water. So you don't have an issue of you know if something were to happen unfortunately then those debris would land in the water, the water as opposed to landing on potentially people or their homes
0: i mean that makes sense my next concern with it that i think that they need to look at is being so close and i don't know how the florida sites were set up or anything but being so close to public lands and public waters in a state that already has very minimal of it, how is that going to affect it? Well, well,
1: here, let's let's tackle one thing at a time because you're throwing all your thoughts out there at once. I
0: am. I'm kind of regurgitating. Yeah,
1: so uh, let me answer that question. One problem and why people are currently up in arms about the project is that... um, SpaceX – I keep wanting to say Tesla, but SpaceX – Tomato, tomato. SpaceX has hired private security guards that are restricting public beach access to people, and that is a big red flag because they're not properly licensed to restrict beach access, Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, it's a public beach. Constitutionally, Texans have the right to utilize utilize it per the contract that I understand with SpaceX – they have the right to close the beach during launches.
0: But not during other times. But not
1: during other times. And so people are up in arms because they're not being allowed to access the beaches. It's privately hired security guards that are restricting access. That is something that looks like is extremely unconstitutional.
0: Yeah. uh, And there has to be some level of security that goes on around it as far as like a, you can't get this close to the facilities type stuff. And I, I understand that, but it is in the middle of four public accessible places. Yeah. And so now you're going to take that away from us when we've had it all the time. And if Elon's not careful on it, what's going to happen? Is there going to be a lawsuit on it? And where's Texas going to line up on that? Is Texas going to say we want the money?
1: Well, here, and here's something else I want to bring up. Because, unfortunately, and I was talking with someone on the phone about this earlier that knows a lot more about it than I do. Um And one thing that I mentioned is that, you know, this has been in the works since 2010. They got the 2011. permits. Maybe 2011. They got the permits, I believe, in 2013. Um Now... 2011 I was in high school 2013 I was in college not anywhere near here and I wasn't even really fly fishing at that point or concerned about these things but I I am curious why this is the first time we're hearing of it this is the first time I'm hearing of it and obviously in research for this uh, I found articles dating back that far Um, which
0: let's be honest we're actively going out trying to find some of this stuff sometimes it lands in our lap but we do go out and try and do like research and find these articles and stuff. It might sometimes be very minimal. It might just be something we find 15 minutes before. But you would think with a project this big affecting public lands and waters uh, and being a part of organizations in the past where that's what we preached and everything – And it's just now coming to light. Why was it such a big secret? Why is it coming out now? Well, the thing is, I don't think it was a secret. Right. But it wasn't in the forefront. But um, I think
1: people that are concerned are now like bringing it to the forefront. And it's like, why is it now versus where was the blowback? In 2011. In 2011. And maybe there was. I wasn't around this community or around this area to hear about it.
0: Or maybe the issue lies with they've just recently started restricting access. And
1: that is uh, one of, you know, the person I was talking to earlier, one of the points that they made on the topic is, like, when I brought up my concerns about it being back in 2010 – you know, if you really want to kill a project like this, you have to kill it at the permitting level. Once they get the permits, it's pretty much... A done deal. A done deal. And let's not forget, too, um, we're coming at it from a, you know, conservation, care about the environment standpoint. If you take about talk about people in the area, which is not a high-income area, you talk about $51 million dollars. in annual salary to the area. Uh
0: but my my question on that is how many people from the area are also going to get those jobs Let's be honest it's not it's a very rural out in the middle of nowhere area and I'm uh-huh. not speaking down on people from rural areas I'm from a rural area but that does not say that I have the ingenuity the know-how and stuff to deal with rockets Yeah
1: no I I uh, but I don't think all of the jobs are going to be sourced lo- locally, but I think a good number of the jobs are going to be sourced locally. I also I think if you have if you bring, you have, lot if you bring $50 million worth of salary to that area, that money is going to be spent with local businesses in that area which is going to Which is to going hurt. to help the area grow. Yeah. I, I that agree. That that tax income is going to be going to schools in the area. Um I think they had a launch from this site. It said back in 2019. 2019. I think they were flying a prototype, and um, it the prototype blew up over water, and Elon donated like $30 million to public schools, $30 million after that happened to public schools in the area. It's in one of these articles. Uh, there, I have like, I'm sorry guys, I have like 20 pages of articles pulled up all over the place. Uh, it's so it's such an interesting topic to talk about because I want to be fair to on both, both sides, sides because on I the see podcast.
0: The ben- I see the benefit on both sides. I honestly do. Mm-hmm. I would love to have more jobs in Texas. I would love to, for Texas to be a technology hub to put us in the forefront. Mm-hmm. I want Texas to stay Texas as well. In all other aspects. But I do want Texas to be in the forefront. But my concern is. and Like I said. There has to be a number of studies on it. The situation with the native wildlife in the area. Mm-hmm. Which I think there probably are. And Florida Florida's not had an issue with it. We probably won't have an issue with it. But also where it's being located, being so close to public accessible areas, are some of those areas going to be restricted now? Which a lot of public areas have restrictions on them, as it is. But to take it away from us now Mm -hmm. is a different story.
1: Well, and another thing we need to talk about is throughout this whole permitting process and what I read is the local area was, I mean, the mayor of Brownsville and that county had to approve everything it had to be approved by our state legislator uh, it was signed by our governor uh, those are you know I just I just have to imagine and I wasn't around at that time but you know were people frustrated at city council meetings about this being brought in or was kind of everybody happy about it and I don't know the pool of public opinion at that point in time to understand what's going on. All we can speak about is, like, why is this blowing up now uh, when, realistically, if this was a huge concern in 2010, why wasn't it blown up in 2010? I think, you know, someone mentioned that the honeymoon period's kind of worn off and construction is happening now and people are frustrated because it's a lot of noise. Um, People are noticing less wildlife, which if there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of big vehicles driving through the area it is it's going to spook them. it's going to spook them and wildlife are not going to be in the area so i think now that this is happening people are noticing these effects are happening and it's not as alluring as it was in 2010 i think another thing that i'm reading is um that i read is that you know, SpaceX wants to launch larger rockets than yeah, it initially. Yeah,
0: it was heavy. Where is it? Uh, star Hoppers and spaceships, super heavy. Mm-hmm. So much larger uh,
1: shuttles than were initially anticip- anticipated from launching from the site. And another thing is that uh, they want to build a city around this area, which I think, if there is anything to try to prevent. It is that at this point, because this is what you see on this map, Cliff, is what they've approved so far. And uh, Elon is currently trying to get permitting to build a city and, you know, uh, drill oil wells and put up refineries so they can use the gas at the facility and build a city so people can live on site. And they want to add some more launch pads. It's amazing to me. All right, so Elon, let's bring it back what right, One second. One second. Let me finish my thoughts. Okay. So w- because I think this is an important current issue that if people want to press back against, we can't change what happened in 2010, 2011, 2013. The point of change is going to be this point forward. What they have, they've been approved for. They're already started construction. There's already been a launch from the site. Uh, You know, them building a city on site, I think, is not necessary or excessive. People can live in Brownsville and commute the 20-minute drive that it takes to get over the facility. The more building there is, um, I think they're requesting to, like, fill in, like, 70 acres of wetlands
0: for mill building sites. Is that not what you're saying? No, I'm just disagreeing with filling in wetlands areas. Oh, okay,
1: okay. Um, I read in an article, um, and I think, you know, to build a city there that it it – I'm just trying to think of, like, people are yelling now, and it's a big issue now. So what can people who are concerned about this do at this point? And I think that is a serious issue that people need to be talking about and raising up at city council meetings when Brownville is only 20 miles away and people can live there, people can commute over, why do they need to build their own city at the launch site?
0: And how far is South Padre from from it?
1: South Padre Island, like the city of South Padre? Yes. Uh, well, it's not super far, but to actually drive there, you have to drive like way up and around. Okay. So like driving times along the so, way, Brownsville would be the yes,
0: correct. Um, but my my issue is, or not my issue, but something I I find curious on it with the idea of filling in wetlands areas, drilling for oil just for him to use it at his facilities and all this other stuff. And I think that there would be a great e- economic impact for it, but. Elon Musk is on record of preaching the Bitcoin gospel and then pulling out and saying that his company, Tesla, would no longer accept Bitcoin for being unenvironmentally friendly because the farms that mine for Bitcoin are... It's a
1: huge drain on power.
0: Right. Are not and mining. Green, green enough for mm-hmm. him. So it's interesting to me that he would want to be drilling for oil and putting in pump jacks and stuff like that, which I'm all for, but I've not told people, this is really great, and then I'm accepting it at my company and then saying, no, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder where his true motive is. Is it only for Elon or is it for the greater Texas area? and the greater brownsville area. And filling in wetlands and everything is going to harm well a bunch of species. Yeah. As such as birds and everything. I, I I can't say if mining for bitcoin is a drain on
1: I think, you know, you said for Elon's benefit or for Brownsville's benefit. I think the answer to that question is like with his companies' and his goals maybe human development is the goal but at what cost is that human development and one thing the person i was talking to earlier brought up a good point it's an interesting and precarious situation when you know you're potentially destroying a wildlife resource here when this launch pad is supposedly going to be trying to take people to mars in the future to you know be on a new planet, so why destroy what we have here? You know what I mean. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it's uh, <sighs> it,
0: it's it's on a it's on a pinnacle, meaning it's teetering either way. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'm not smart enough in this to say this one is way extremely or complicated. It is. Oh, man. and for me personally.
1: I am someone who is for like space exploration. I've always liked space; thought it was super interesting. I think human development and pushing the boundaries is good, but at the cost of a resource that we all love. And then to your point, is like the public land that we have very little resource of is now being restricted. Where they're not, I think they said they had said there was eleven other potential launch States sites and stuff that yeah, they were looking. They were do. looking at Georgia for a site. Uh-huh. Um, there, there's other sites available. Um, would there have been a better launch site than this area? But then that's going to come back around to, you know, uh, Texas and our government and the local government allowed, you know, like – grants and stuff like that Mm -hmm. for them to build there. And so Texas was encouraging them to come. That's going to come back down to like a voter issue. And are you calling your state representatives and our state legislator and letting them know your opinion? Cause
0: I haven't. No, but I only learned about this on Saturday. I think it's very tricky. I don't know what the future entails for it. I don't, I don't have an issue with what they've done necessarily thus far, minus restricting people's access to public areas and publicly funded areas. What I have an an issue with would be going forward, what are they going to be doing to these wetland areas? Mm-hmm. What are the plans with it? Because to build a city through there, that's a lot of backwaters, brackish waters areas, a lot of wetland
1: yeah, they want to build a desalination plant. They want to pump oil. Um, I think they actually specifically want the methane gas. Um, I don't know. It just, That's way over my pay grade, but, um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, moving forward, those are the things to be to be looking at. Let me uh, pull some interesting comments that I read. I took some screenshots of some, like, you know, there's a lot of anger right now, and a lot of the comments are very angry. I think this is a very complex situation. Um, I wanted to read some of the more well-thought-out comments, and some on both sides. I
0: think all the comments are going to be highly emotionally charged on either side. Mm -hmm.
1: Public beach access in Texas is protected by state law. How can a private company with unlicensed security guards close a public beach? Uh, I think that's a very good question. It's easy to be mad at Elon, but in 2013, the state of Texas, Cameron County, and the city of Brownsville put a bid in to bring SpaceX to Boca Chica. This included a $15 incentive package. It was a bipartisan effort to bring SpaceX to South Texas. Another uh, comment is, being a local that grew up here in uh, the area, I'm torn on how others are so resistant to SpaceX up to and including myself on that thought process. I'm I'm more aware and bothered by the hundreds if not thousands of windmills that popped up in the area more than I am over SpaceX. Musk and his cohort are revolutionizing technology, and I would go as, a say, as far as to say humanity with what they have going on. This is just one of those situations where I ask if the juice is worth a squeeze. This isn't some... Uh, plan of wind farms just generating for a profit this is quite literally the forefront of evolution of who we are as humans. Us pre-internet smartphone guys want to believe the world won't change and nature stay intact. But I think we bark up the wrong trees with some of this stuff. I hope in the future uh, Eli becomes more of an ally for humanity than a villain. I also want to add what this does for kids in our region. I've literally heard kids with my own ears say they, they can be rocket scientists and engineers. Now, it's not inaccessible to them like it was growing up here to me as a kid. It's real. They can see it. They can visit this place. Most people not from here even consider that part of an impact SpaceX has on the region. And so, I mean, there's just a couple comments from both sides, people for it, people against it. Um, And I think, you know, the people for it are for the economic impact. I think the people that are against it are for the conservation Issues. Th-
0: I think, and not to use another person's or a cliche phrase. Phrase. I think that this is a very nuanced issue, and that's why I said I'm not neither for it nor against it. I don't have enough information on it. It's above my pay grade to say. I would like for I would like to see them do what they want to do, without. And this might be pie in the sky but without harming the area and restricting access to it. And that's where I'm at.
1: Well, here, let me read some of the economic impact study. Um, and this is the, um, what animals are going to be affected and by how much, um, specifically regarding the Endangered Species Act. um. Two endangered cats, ocelots, and jaguarundi. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, Jaggerundi. I think so. I've yeah. never
0: gotten a true like this is how you pronounce it or anything. I would say jaguarundi. Yeah. Um. But there's there's very little of them even around both ocelot and well, jaguarundi. and that and that would be a major issue because if they're in the area, um. I mean, we stopped construction for a lizard up here. The super highway going through 281 going uh, through one area, it just kind of stopped because there was some gecko or something found.
1: Okay. Oh, here we go. Um, as far as the two cats, they are expecting because of the construction and uh, other things regarding the space launch, they are expecting death of two endangered cats. Ocelots and/or jaguarundi um, will be taken in the form of harm and harassment due to construction and operations of SpaceX, and/or injury due to vehicular vehicular collision, noise, and human disturbance within the project area for the life of the project. So they're either saying due to construction, two endangered cats are going to die, and or the noise is going to push them
0: into roadways where they'll so Is be- it saying two total or two species? Because two either. Total. In that area, that's not going to affect the pop. It will affect the population of. I'd be careful because there's so there's so little of them. But there's ocelots and jagarrundis all across the south of Texas. So it's not going to necessarily stop it. It's not like it's pushing them out of their only native area.
1: Um, Sea turtle. Nesting habitat along 7.5 miles of beachfront will be disturbed by vehicle traffic associated with security activities. However, incidental take of sea turtles will be difficult to detect for the following reasons. I'm not going to go into that. Um... However, the take of these species can be anticipated because sea turtles nest within the beach portion of the action area. Projected security patrols and monitoring will likely occur along the beach during a portion of the nesting season. Take is uh, expected to be in the form of harassment, injury, and or death from um, the same thing as the sea turtles, uh, you know, noise, traffic, harassment in the form of disturbing them for whatever reason. And so here's their economic uh, risk. Three adult Kemp's Ridley sea turtles and three nests per year. Uh, One adult loggerhead sea turtle and one nest per year. Uh, Oh, and this includes all hatchlings and or eggs up to approximately 200 eggs could be taken. This is per year for the sea turtle. And there's a couple others with similar amounts. Falcon 1, Falcon to be taken by harm or harassment due to noise and human disturbance um and then there's some other birds that are planned to be effective affected uh, they have conservation recommendations in here if you guys really want to like get up to date on what the economic economic uh, ecological impact is i just googled impact study uh texas spacex launch site and this was the first google hit and just skimming through the first couple pages you know as a summary of what animals specifically that are on the endangered species list are going to be affected due to SpaceX construction and security, it seems like, because it seems like there should be a lot of driving up and down the beach.
0: I I honestly don't know on this. I don't have... Well... (laughs) I have strong opinions one way, but I have... I understand the reasonings, and see the benefits of the other way as well. More than likely, me as an individual, I don't know if I'd ever go to these areas to use the public land spots. Well, so it's not going to harm me. But but as a conservationist, I want to see it, and and other and I would wish that if there was something going on in my home waters or my home public lands that people from here would step up as well to protect those areas so i uh, i'm torn i think that the people of brownsville south padre need to talk to their local governance and see what the best uh, course of action is going forward well, and in and here and how they want to do it and i'm going to say again to It's already being built. It's going to be built.
1: That's not going to... Yeah, this
0: portion of the damage is already done. It's built. it's it's there. It's building the city and the infrastructure infrastructure around it. That's going to be the issue from this point forward. you know, pumping gas
1: on public protected lands and, you know, all the stuff that they're wanting to add that weren't in the initial proposal... Um, that they're trying to continue to push, even though they didn't initially push for those things. It's the changing of, well, we changed our mind. Now we want to do this. Let's try to get all the permits. I think that is where people stand their ground. We don't need to fill in 70 acres of you know, wetlands. wetlands so we can build a city when there's a city 20 miles away that people who work at SpaceX can live.
0: Yeah,
1: Houses can be built there. You know,
0: but I think a lot of people would also say, especially like higher ups and stuff, would probably say seventy acres to fill in isn't a lot. I wonder what the the total area. Well, you know, it's going to keep on growing. If it doesn't grow, then it's going to become a ghost town and an unsightly sore, like everything else that's been boom and bust. Well, the thing is, this isn't know.
1: this isn't private land we're talking about, where they can buy it up and do with it what they want. This is public land, right? You know what I mean? If they were, you know, if they were buying, they're buying land, your ranch. You know, whatever, and it's their ranch, and as long as they're legally doing what they need to do to do all these things, that's that's a different issue. But the issue here is that this is surrounded by public land, and people's access is being restricted to this public land that they constitutionally have a right to.
0: Which is why I'm aligning with the it's kind of a bad gig right now, but I $51 million in annual salaries in that part of Texas is going to go a long, long way. And the livelihood of the people is also something to be taken in consideration. 70 acres. I think what they would say is 70 acres. Isn't that much. A lot of people's ranches are a lot bigger than 70 acres, but A city at 70 acres is going to be very small and if it's not growing, then it's dying. Anything that's not growing is dying when it comes to cities and stuff like that. And then it just would end up a ghost town again. And what are they going to use? And you'll never get that public land back that they fill in, that wetlands area back that they fill in. I don't know. There's a lot of Mental somersaults going on in my mind with it. I go back and forth on the conservationalist inside of me says, no, it's a bad idea. All the way around. But the economic mindset of me says $51 million in an annual salary. Which that's already
1: the deal. That's not even taking into account the city. Right. The $51 million is there. My thing is, my stance on it is, it's there They're building
0: it. It's done. I would like to see. Why do
1: we need to continue to build
0: out from there? I would like to see the proposal on the city aspect of it. Do you have that in here? Uh, I do not. I was reading a bunch of articles
1: today. I have like information overload right now.
0: That's kind of how I feel. I would like to see the city aspect of it. It's not just city too. It's more launch pads.
1: More launch sites.
0: And somewhere in this article, it said that this was more for the commercial side of things, not... Initially, it was. I think initially that was a plan, but
1: now with the addition of the larger rockets, that the intention is to build a rocket to send people to the moon, and then future trips potentially to Mars. Um, which is a different deal than a commercial site that's sending a satellite up to space. Yeah, bigger rockets, bigger
0: projects. I'm gonna, I'm gonna default. Here's my final answer. And
1: I wonder too. I would be curious. You know, the econ. He uh, keeps saying economic. The ecological. ecological impact study that I've read seems more construction related and loss of wildlife and habitat due to construction. I wonder what the actual damage done would be during a launch. If you've ever seen a spaceship launch, too, I mean, shoot the fuel, you know, and all the smoke and stuff it produces over over a wide area. Um, I'd
0: be curious how much of an impact that has. I don't know for a fact, but I think that SpaceX has supposedly done a better job at controlling that than NASA, Mm. which is a point for private innovation in my book, but... I don't know. My mind is flip-floppy on this. I'm not going to give what I think should. I'm not going to give a true heartfelt answer right now. There's too much going on in it. Um, it's, definitely an, too much it's definitely
1: an interesting topic of conversation. There is definitely a lot of emotion surrounding the issue right now uh, that I haven't seen before. My curiosity is is and I don't understand why is the emotion happening right now instead of last year, five years ago, the ten years thing, ago. The only
0: thing I can think is kind of along the lines of what you've said. To me, thinking about it is it's not this part of it. It's not the part that's already been built. Mm-hmm. That part has clearly gone through with very minimal uproar or anything about it. But now that they have started restricting access to these public lands areas, I think that's a big thing. That's key number one. And key number two, that they're wanting to expand it to be mm-hmm. bigger than what it was initially going to and be. that how request it was, was put
1: in earlier this
0: month. And I think that that's why it's blowing up now. So I think the way to think about it is what's done is done. And keep it as it is and look into what SpaceX's plans are going forward as far as building this city around it, building more launch pads, filling in the wetlands areas. I think that's what we have to look at and concentrate on in order to truly get a good picture of what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think it's really going to come down to the people of Brownsville and the surrounding areas to get in contact with their local rep- representatives, get in contact with their state representatives. Because
1: I guarantee you and in a point to be had on this is that people who want those things are going to be getting in contact with their their representatives. Mm-hmm. And yeah, cuz so a lot of people a
0: lot of people here honestly do not care about public lands. Let's being, be honest.
1: Being emotional, you know, on social media isn't, isn't going, going to do, do anything. anything. Being pissed off and making an aggressive comment
0: isn't going to do. Anything. Making your virtue signals isn't going to do anything.
1: Uh, it's interesting.
0: It is. Uh,
1: I'm. Interested. This is a big issue, and probably one we're going to be talking talking about for a while. I think that
0: this would have been a good one to have Zach on with mm-hmm. as well. Um. Because Zach and I tend to balance each other's out. You know what, though? You know what's funny is that uh, I would have expected
1: you maybe to take a different position just knowing you and being Cliff's conservation corner and being very conservation-minded. I would have expected you to be on the extremist conservation side.
0: No, but you also know me as an individual, and you know that I'm also very business-minded, and I want to see things grow economically as well. I do. And that's where it it takes both to be a well-rounded individual, I think. Uh, You can't be so far one way that you can't see or Mm -hmm. listen to the benefits of the other. And that's why... I want to see what's going on. I think
1: that there is a...
0: Uh, I think the line in the sand is now. Yeah. I, no, I, no, I, th- no. I think I think, where where I'm lining up, and I think I've said it before, is kind of like you said, what's done is done. I think the site as it is, with the two or three pads and the buildings that they have on it, whatever's going on here in the picture is fine, except for the fact that they're restricting public access to public areas. That's my concern with it right now. My concern with the future would be more of a conservation-minded question of what is it going to do, which was my leading question. What is it going to do to the native wildlife around it? What is it going to do to the ecosystem around it? And how do we move on from there, preserving as much as we can and keeping these public areas open and keeping the native wildlife and flora and fauna going uh, as undisturbed as possible? I don't think that there's going to be a zero chance, but I think that we could minimize it and mitigate it. I don't see that happening with a city being built around this and filling in wetland areas at all. And that's where, if it gets to that point, that's where the more conservation side of me probably would come out. Because you're saying the additional areas more for... A small city. It would have to be a small city, and the majority of that would probably be more launch sites. What's well, the economic I, benefit? I, I of that? don't.
1: I don't know how big the city is. I just know for the city. Well, if
0: it's seventy acres, it's not that big. Well,
1: I don't necessarily think that. I think seventy acres is the area of wetlands. I think that they've also brought bought other property in the in the area that may not be wetlands. I think the request is for their site in addition to what they have already, they are going to need 70 acres.
0: I would like to see, before I made a true stance on it, I would like to see the current proposal for what they want to do moving forward. And I think... uh, I don't think that's a good idea to close down public areas in a state that already has very limited public areas.
1: I would also be interested, if someone is more of an expert and knows really the intricate details and wants to come on the podcast and talk with us about it, I would be very interested in that happening. I would also be interested in Elon joining us for a podcast episode, and we can ask him some questions. Uh, So if any of you guys have any questions, if any of you guys have any
0: connections to uh, old Mr. Musk. You know what? Kind of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, we could probably get that working. Yeah. Because I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who Elon Musk has smoked weed on his podcast. Uh I know somebody who knows somebody who knows Joe Rogan. Uh-huh. Which Elon Musk smoked so weed on his podcast. So was that five, five degrees of separation? I think that's for me, I think it's five. Yeah. Boom. Let's there get him. There we go. Let's get him. I'll contact my guy okay. to contact his guy. Let's to start contact that,
1: that makes that reminds me, and this is the last thing before we end. Uh that reminds me, have you seen the video of the guy who trades a paper clip all the way up to a house? Uh, I've seen things very similar. So, I think all the things that are very similar, because a lot of people try it, but a lot of the things very similar derive from a guy who started with a paperclip, and he traded items all the way up until he ended up with a house. And, like, the process is hilarious and crazy. It's kind of the same thing. I was just thinking, then I'll trade you for this, and just go, go down the line. It, at one point, this guy, he... Got a rare Kiss collectible lunchbox and traded it for something crazy to like a Kiss fan who was a collector. And just like all the crazy things that he ended up trading to get there. Imagine
0: being a collector of
1: Kiss.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. Well, I bet it's not that hard to get in touch with Elon. I don't have a Twitter. I think he's pretty active on Twitter. He's He's active on Twitter, but you know he has to have like an email address. Let's write him a letter. A handwritten letter. A handwritten letter, sealed with a, an actual like
1: wax stamp. And we'll put it in a pink envelope, so it stands out from the rest.
0: We'll spray it with perfume. There we go.
1: Uh, we could throw a little uh, Bath and Body Works package together. It, for yes. <laughs> All um, right, guys. We will uh, talk to you later. Talk to y'all next week. Bye. so i listened to the uh podcast that i missed today uh-huh. i listened to the woodtip call and that was probably the most hilarious thing i've ever heard yeah with him shooting pigs why he was calling
0: i, I-, I want more content <laughs> like that's all i gotta say <laughs>